0: Hey Podcast Brunch Club! Before we begin, a quick thanks to our organizational partners: Podchaser, Critical Frequency, Audio Boom, and Listen Notes. These are all companies you should look into if you're interested in great content and podcast discovery. They support and give back to the listener community. If you're an individual or an organization and you want to support the amazing listener community, think about becoming a supporter. Go to patreon.com/slash club. Hey, podcast Brunch Club. My name is Sarah. I lead the Baltimore
1: chapter of PBC, and I curated this month's podcast listening list. I chose the theme of community responses to disability because as an attorney who represents people with disabilities, I'm always excited to see podcast coverage of these issues, and I believe that increasing awareness and inclusivity are important goals. I hope you enjoy the episodes.
0: Hey Podcast Brunch Club. This month, our podcast listening list theme is Community Responses to Disability. You can find the playlist and more information about what we did this month at podcastbrunchclub.com slash disability. I'm here with Sarah Silva, my co-host of the podcast and founder of Audible Feast. Hey, Sarah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We are recording on December 31st. So some of the things we are going to talk about are very, very relevant. Yes. Yeah. So we listened to four episodes this month. And did you have a favorite? I
1: did. I <clears throat> I was a little surprised. I mean, I'm a big 99PI fan, and I really like that episode as well. But my favorite one was the she and her episode. Really? Yeah. And the reason why I liked it the most was because I really liked the discussion around microaggressions mm. with people who have disability. We have spent, oh gosh, a lot of time in the last <laughs> several years, especially the last couple of years, I would say, talking about microaggressions and race. And I really liked that the the person who was being interviewed, Wendy Liu, she talked about the double whammy of having a disability and being a person of color and having these multiple microaggressions that she sees. I don't know. I just thought that that was like a really insightful thing to talk about and very useful for this particular playlist, like having the concept of community response to disability. When we talk about microaggressions, you become more aware of them and you notice maybe if you're doing something and if you just right. don't talk about it, and you never, if you never have any awareness, then you're going to probably keep doing the things that you've just kind of it's become ingrained maybe even over your whole life.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really liked that episode too. But I think for me, my favorite was, well, I mean, I love 99% Invisible and I thought the story that they conveyed in that episode, which was called Curb Cuts, for those of you who haven't listened yet, was really fascinating. Just the sort of the start of the disability movement Mm -hmm. and all of the, challenges that people had to face and all of the barriers that they broke through. And I was just like fascinated by all of that. And then also the part of the discussion about how some of those things that the disability activists really pushed for ended up being beneficial to a much wider audience than it was originally intended for. So they were talking about the curb cuts, which are those little ramps that go down to Mm -hmm. the street from the sidewalk. And she was making the joke about the millennials where she said something like, oh, yeah, so now if you talk to like a millennial, she would be like, oh, you mean that thing that I roll my bag down? (laughs) And they don't even, Mm -hmm. or like I ride my bike down or whatever, and how useful it is for people. And they talked about a lot of other examples that were really interesting.
1: Yeah, your motorized scooter.
0: Um, (laughs) Speaking of millennials.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah when they started talking about in the second half of the 99pi episode where they were talking about electronic curb cuts i was like that is not an actual thing like they they this is totally reaching right like and but then as they started talking about it more i thought oh like that that the, what you just said about how the concept of curb cuts really impacts so many more people than people with a disability the electronic curb cuts is is another example of ways that things have impacted all kinds of people, not just people with disability, made things easier for people.
0: Yeah. You know, I used to work for a company that was a a government contractor. And part of the Americans with Disabilities Act, I believe it's with it's the Americans with Disabilities Act, requires any government funded documents to be formatted in such a way that it can be read by all these different screen reader types of oh, that's awesome for people. Yeah. That's awesome. So, but the the issue is that it's really, really, really hard. Like the, the software that exists, it's just not super clear cut for like the regular everyday Joe mm-hmm. to make things 501. Compi- oh my gosh. I forgot what that was called. I think it was 501 compliant, something like that. And it's especially difficult when you're turning like a word document into a PDF document. Hmm. So, what happens is like with a Word document, it's very logical in nature. Like the screen reader knows that it goes from top to bottom and left to right. But sometimes if you put like an image somewhere and there's wrapping or whatever, and there's, you always have to put like a caption or a back end caption, it's called alt tag on an image so that you can explain to a screen reader or somebody who's using a screen reader, what the image is of. So like, imagine you have a picture on the right-hand side and it's reading from left to right and then it hits the picture, instead of going down to the next line, it reads the caption of the picture and then completely ruins the meaning of the paragraph. And it's true with websites too. Like there are ways to make websites compliant. Hmm. So it's, it's really interesting because I remember dealing with this a long time ago, back 10, 15 years ago, when I was working for this government contractor trying to turn all these like PDF documents into compliant documents so that you know people with screen readers could use them Mm -hmm. i mean i i also really found the interview with andrew solomon interesting because he did a really good job of explaining that sometimes it might not be a disability to somebody you know like something that they're quote-unquote diagnosed with and these things change all the time right like these diagnoses Mm -hmm. change all the time and they were talking specifically about the podcast itself was about autism but there's a level to which maybe it is just the way somebody is and it shouldn't be considered a disability it just is the way they are and there's almost like a a paradigm shift that has to happen in order to kind of get your head around that
1: yeah i had a harder time with that episode i I thought it was interesting. I didn't know about how the idea of being somewhere on the spectrum was more what was discussed now. And even though this mm-hmm. podcast was even a couple of years old, but I guess I was not educated. And on that, I thought it was interesting to hear about how, like, Asperger's isn't necessarily like a diagnosis as much anymore, or mm-hmm. maybe it's not at all. I don't know. Mm hmm. So it's not about a specific point that you're at on the spectrum. It's just that you're on the spectrum. It's a spectrum disorder, I believe is the way it's phrased. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was interesting. But I would say that wasn't my favorite of all of the four episodes. Yeah.
0: I mean, I just think about that a lot. Sometimes things that we think of right now as something that's wrong with somebody. I don't know. Maybe it's an adaptation. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's something that is, you know, like... There are some people who are, like, super anxious. Yeah. And maybe the opposite of that is somebody who just doesn't read social cues so can't be anxious. Yeah. You know, they don't have that level of – and, you know, obviously there's impacts on their life, that you know, if everybody else are reading the same these social cues, and there's like co- the community aspect of it, which we haven't really talked about because the mm-hmm. the theme is community response to disability. But I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting to think about it as like it's it's not a, it's not a disability. It's not a condition. It's just the way they identify, and that's right. how that's who they are. And like the rest of us have to just get over it. Mm-hmm. Like this guy does not read social cues, or these this this whatever you know they're it's just an interesting way to reframe, mm-hmm. reframe it, you mm-hmm. know, and even the, the term disability is a little loaded. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, it has definitely this negative connotation. There was this website, I'm looking at it right now that I found that I really liked, because one of our conversation starter questions was about um, what can we do to improve the community response to disability. And so I found this website. It's called mydiversability.com. Hmm. And it talks about being an ally. I won't read everything that's on the website, but I thought this was really interesting. And this is, again, I think it's similar to what I was saying before about just having knowledge, like just getting to know someone who is disabled in like that, mm-hmm. that, that, that is going to, Totally change your perspective is instead of just pretending that it doesn't exist, that that person doesn't exist, that the disability doesn't exist, just get to know someone. Some of the things it says on here, Um, just keep in mind disability is diversity. I love that. And disability is not inability. Right. You know, I mean, just keeping those things in mind and being physically present in places where there are people with disabilities I think I've talked before on here on this podcast about I go to a Unitarian Universalist church, and mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty left on the uh, liberal scale, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that is one of the things I love about that faith is that everyone is accepted. I'm I'm sure most faiths would say that everyone is accepted as well, but I just think it's so embodied in everything that happens in the the congregation that I go to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, where there are people with disabilities and everyone is part of everything. There's a way to include everybody in everything. There's a man who comes in a wheelchair and someone picks him up every week to go to church. I mean, that's awesome.
0: So, yeah, I feel like one of the other questions on that list was, are your podcast brunch club meetups accessible? Are there any adjustments you can make to improve accessibility? I thought that was a really good question. Yeah, definitely. And I think for the chapters that jump around, it's harder for them. Yeah. My personal chapter Chicago, we are now meeting at the same place for the most part every month. And I believe it's accessible. Like, it's on the first floor. I don't think there's a step going up into the building, but it's not something like I can Mm -hmm. really remember. Mm-hmm. um we did have one of our events up up in the loft space which there are is no like it's not accessible and we had we didn't have anybody in a wheelchair but we had somebody who was on crutches who had mm-hmm. to kind of go up and down hmm. but how about you you guys you guys we around move around a bit there, right? yeah we move around all the
1: time uh mostly because i want to find all of the good brunch places to eat in houston yeah um <laughs> and it's a big city so yeah but um of course, I've never thought about it. Again, this is perfect that we're talking about this cuz now I will think about it every time. Yeah. I guess unfortunately, sometimes you have to go someplace to find out whether it's truly accessible or not. You have to see it with your own eyes. And I think I want to think about too is not just wheelchair accessible, but is there like you said with crutches? Is there any other um is there any other thing that we would need to keep in mind for accessibility or mm-hmm. just something that you know w- would just be as Welcoming to as
0: many people as possible, and that's—I mean—that's a really good point too. Because <clears throat> I actually know quite a few people who are either hearing impaired or deaf in one mm-hmm. ear, and you know, it's—it's it's one of those—I don't know—I don't know if I even want to call it a disability, or I don't know if I want to call anything a disability anymore. But like, um, it's one of those things that is somewhat invisible, right? You don't like see somebody and know that they're deaf in one ear because they're they just always happen to be on you know on your left side or something because they want their right ear is their good ear Mm -hmm. and when you're thinking about podcast brunch club meetings it's it's difficult because especially if you're jumping around like you don't know what the noise level in the space is and if you're having kind of a round robin kind of conversation around a circular or even a rectangular table likelihood is that person's going to be have like is going to be facing one person but you don't know you know oftentimes you just you don't even know there's so many sort of Mm -hmm. invisible disabilities that it's hard to know yes so i'll have to think about that in the future so as usual we had our list of conversation and starter questions that went along with the playlist again you can find that at podcastbrunchclub.com slash disability and here are some of the responses we got In particular, this month, we asked you if you know of any podcasts that focus on a disability or are created by someone with a disability. We heard about Ouch! Disability Talk from the BBC. Wynn Kelly-Charles, a woman with cerebral palsy, hosts the Ask Win podcast, which is an interview-based podcast with people who are making a difference in the world. Kara from Facebook recommends the Made Visible podcast, which is a podcast about chronic illness. And Jenna, also on Facebook, told us about the Mothers on the Frontline podcast, which is about raising children with a mental illness. Amber posted that the Safety Third podcast recently did an episode called Diversity is More Than Color, which featured an interview with Karima Batts, who is an African-American woman, an amputee, a cancer survivor, and a disability advocate. And we got a ton of responses on Insta, too. Like we found out about the Disability Visibility podcasts. We found out that one of the hosts of the Radults podcast has cerebral palsy, that Disarming Disability will be launching in February of 2019. And my favorite, the Power Your Story podcast is created by high school students with various cognitive and intellectual disabilities. So if you want to participate in the community input segment of future episodes, be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are also dabbling in the Reddit world, so find us there too.
1: That was great to hear everybody's response to the conversation starter questions and... Because this is how every Podcast Brunch Club meeting goes, we are going to diverge. So Adela, last month we talked about the 2018 year in review, and this month we are going to talk about what is to come in 2019. We thought it would be fun to talk about our New Year's resolutions, both what we want to hear more of and less of in 2019, and anything we're excited about. So Adela, what do you want to hear more of in the next year?
0: So. In terms of this question, I'm going to take it along the lines of like what I want to challenge myself to listen to Perfect. more of this year. Because I am not very well versed in audio fiction. <laughs> and I have I have listened to a couple here and there. I actually am just right now in the midst of the shadows. But I think I'm going to challenge myself in 2019 to listen to a little bit more audio fiction and try to expand beyond my my boundaries of like nerdy, uh, educational podcasts.
1: (laughs) Oh, but I love the nerdy educational science communication. Oh, love it.
0: Oh, I know. Bring me more nerdy I'm not going to listen to less of that. I'm just going to listen to more podcasts (laughs) and one of those. More of everything. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, that sounds good. Is there any that you have on your list already that you, you definitely want to try any audio fiction? Oh,
0: God. I feel like I need to go to your lists, like <laughs> oh, all your you. 2018 mm-hmm. lists, because you have one on like the best episodes of the year, and then you have one on the best podcasts of the year. And I know you have that one on the best podcasts of the year sort of segmented out. And one of those segments yeah. is audio fiction, right?
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, this is a goal for me too this year, because I feel like this is the one, the one one genre more than anything that I think is totally exploding. And I think, you know, we've seen some success with some of the fiction moving to TV, which I think is perhaps Mm -hmm. driving some of the the increased production rate in audio fiction. Right. Which I haven't watched any of the shows that... Have you watched any of the shows that...
0: No, I feel weird. I feel weird about watching them if I haven't listened to them first. So I'm kind of like... One of the things I should do in 2019 is listen to Homecoming. I know it got rave reviews mm-hmm. and I know everybody's probably like rolling their eyes at me right now for not having <laughs> listened yet. But like I said, I haven't been a fan of audio fiction and and I just sort of stayed away from it because there's so much good content out there. And I was like, why am I going to yes. waste my time on stuff I don't like usually, but Ugh. I'm not going to think I about know. it that way.
1: Yeah, I know. I, f- I feel like when I think when I have thought about I'm not going to say when I think currently when I've thought about audio fiction in the past, I think I was thinking um, it's just like an audio book and I'm not into audio books. I want yeah. a paper book. I I need to hold it in my hands and turn the pages. And I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I feel like an audio book is like a little bit too passive or something for me. But in the last year, especially, or even the last couple of years, you know, I just... I loved Bronzeville. That's old school. That's a couple years ago now that that came out. but Bronzeville was so good. And that was probably the first show that um like totally sparked my, I don't know, fire about audio fiction. I was like, oh, this is so good. I gotta I gotta find more stuff like this. And then, you know, there have been some series or parts of series, like little mini series within shows that have done little little fictional pieces. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed that as well. so. That is a goal for me too this year is to find more audio fiction. I think I need to find audio fiction that's not long, like maybe like, I don't know, six mm-hmm. to 10 parts or something that mm-hmm. I feel like it's palatable to do it in maybe in one sitting or yeah. to like something that I don't have to remember all the details. Cause I feel like they're intricate and they're yeah. like, you need to think about what's going on. And I like that, but yeah, those are more binge listens for me and Like, I think maybe that's part of it for me, too, is like and to be able to take time out and ignore everything else on my playlist to binge something. I That's a high standard. Like, it's got to be pretty awesome.
0: I mean, I can think of a couple that, like, I actually just did an interview with Jack Delaney from The Neon Noir, which is an anthology series of noir stories. So it's like you know standalone, standalone uh, each episode yeah. is a standalone yep. episode or a standalone story so that might be a good place to start just cuz you're not really committing to like 10 episodes yes. you're just listening yes. to one and if you like it you can listen to the next but you didn't really lose anything if you right. didn't like it
1: yeah i i like that's one of my recommendations for the best best podcast of the year was 600 second saga and that is a sci-fi short anthology fiction as well it's everything is like Well, what I wrote on my website about it, one of the reasons I love it is that anybody can submit a story. I mean, it doesn't mean that the stories are crappy, that just anybody submits them, but they come from all over the world, Um, and so they're so unique. And the, the narrator is Mariah Avix, I think is how you say her name, and... She has an awesome, like super relaxing voice. And you just feel like it's, it's like so, like,
0: oh, it's story really, time.
1: Like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and, um, and it's, and it's 600 second saga is the, the name of the show. And it, so it's only yeah. like, they're usually only like six or eight minutes long. So totally mm-hmm. can totally get into it. And there's a new one every week. Um, so that's a good one if you want to like get into things. Yeah.
0: The thing is it's like I'm not into sci-fi and I'm not into horror <laughs> and I'm not into fantasy and like that's the bulk of what was out there yeah, for a yeah, long time. I know. With with audio yep, fiction with and fiction, so maybe yeah. that sort of is what left the bad taste in my mouth. Like I tried Limetown and I tried I don't know some of the other ones and I was like, I don't know. I
1: Yeah, I ha- I have the same opinion. Like I'm not anti sci-fi at all. I just think mm-hmm. like it has to it has to be like a good, compelling story that makes me want to keep listening. Like, so Breakers is kind of like sci fi, that's po- post apocalyptic. And mm. um, I love that. I, I have to like set aside time to invest in it because I'm like way, way behind on it. But it's a really good story. It's told really well.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's funny as we're talking about this, and last month we did a binge listen into one podcast the next binge listen that we do may be audio fiction because this is another one of those genres that it's really hard to do in a thematic way in the way that we've typically mm-hmm. done podcast brunch right club. you can't just listen to one episode right
1: yeah it'd be yeah really it, weird it's
0: gonna yeah and it's gonna be even if you picked all audio fiction like even if the theme was audio fiction you can't pick one episode from like a right. bunch of different podcasts like it's not It just doesn't, doesn't, I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. that would work. I mean, that maybe that'd be like, give you a taste of each one, but then how do you have a conversation about it? I don't know. Like, you know, Podcast Bunch Club is all about the meetings and having the conversation. So, so I think like that could be a fun binge listen. We've done the sort of like true crime sort of thing. And now we're going to maybe next do a, do a binge listen into an audio Mm -hmm. fiction piece.
1: Yeah, there's one thing that I want to hear less of in 2019, and that is I am getting very annoyed when shows have, when they stop multiple times during an episode to do an ad. I don't mind Mm -hmm. if you stop one time or maybe two times in an episode to do like a a few ad reads. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I I know how I can like skip over that or or I can listen to it, whatever. I would say probably more than half the time I actually listen to them because I don't know, I'm just not next to my phone or whatever. So they don't annoy me that much, but I feel like when it's more frequent than that, it totally takes away from whatever they're talking about. And I, but I feel like that's becoming more prevalent and I know people need to make money. I I get it. I don't, I don't hate the ads, but I hope I hear less of the Mm -hmm. like four or five times during an episode stopping to read an ad.
0: I know it seems like, yeah. Are there any uh, repeat offenders?
1: I'm not going to call anyone out. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it today. But, um, okay. but there are some shows that I listen to that I'm like, I don't yeah. want to stop listening to this, you know, uh, but it's really, it takes away from the flow, you know, yeah. and that's in on my, when I do reviews, that's one of the things that I review on is the flow and the production value. Like, yeah. d- can you sit and listen
0: to it and feel like you're really in it the whole time um it's a good point even at, like it's a little bit more industry sort of talk but like what especially right at the end of the year like oh my god all of these podcasts like asking you know like the year-end donation yeah. and the this and then that I think there are some podcasts that might do this where it's like all right we're gonna be 100% listener supported like no ads but like Yeah, you know, or maybe they put some like ad free episodes behind a paywall or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it is like that's sort of a trade off to me. Like if you're gonna really go hard on the donation side and the contribution side, Mm -hmm. but then you continuously play me ads, regardless of how much you get out of me or other people like me, I just that bugs me a lot.
1: Yeah. To me, it means it raises my expectations of how good the rest of your show is going to be. Like that's such Mm -hmm. a detraction that, you know, you need you need to be that much more amazing and like a lot more. Like it's like an exponential increase for me of how much better you need to be if you're going to do that during a show.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you feel like if they put all of those mid-roll ads at the beginning and the end, you would be as annoyed, even if it was like five minutes of ads in the beginning, five minutes of ads in the back?
1: No, no. I mean, at least I would know like, okay, and you start to get to know with certain shows. Like, yeah, there's going to be roughly two and a half minutes or something of yeah. of ads at the beginning or whatever. And you know, also the ones that they do something funny at the end, if you make it through the ads or, you know, mm-hmm. you make it through all the mm-hmm. credits, there's something, there's a, there's a carrot for you at the end. So I mm-hmm. think that some shows do that really well. Yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, so, yeah.
0: um, So are you excited about any shows coming back in 2019?
1: Um. Yes. So one show that I hope comes back, but I don't know if it is or not, is because I think the last thing that she said about this is that maybe it is. That is Phoebe Robinson's "So Many White Guys." That hmm. it, it usually comes out in the beginning of the year, and usually in like Jan- February or January. Um, I think there's been three seasons so far, and I love this show. <laughs> Uh, I think it's so funny. She's hilarious. And I just love the concept of interviewing people who are not white guys. It's cool. Yeah. Another show that I'm really looking forward to coming back shortly is Still Processing. So I just gave you two WNYC shows, but Mm -hmm. free plug for WNYC today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Still Processing is usually fairly funny. But I think the way I wrote this up in my best podcast of the year was... This is one of the ones that makes me feel like I I'm somewhat connected to the world and that I like I know what's going on because otherwise I just don't think I am that connected to the world. Like I can I don't know. I feel like they're like a they're like a good like cultural filter for me to hear about technology and they're just fun and I wish they would be my friends in real life.
0: So (laughs) I know I wish I could be friends with almost all of the podcast hosts I listen to.
1: (laughs) Uh, still processing is um, Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris. That's the two folks that do that. And um, uh, they're just, they're super fun. So.
0: Yeah. We got some great responses on Facebook on the Facebook, the Podcast Brunch Club Facebook group. One of our members in Minneapolis posted a question, like my favorite podcast of 2018 was, and then there was a blank. And we got some great responses so I would encourage people to go there and like take a look at what people are talking about there are definitely some ones that I have never heard of I was like oh, me too you- yeah I, know, right? I, was,
1: I was pumped about that for as much as I um I think this past year tw- 2018 I think I listened to like somewhere around 700 like unique podcasts so oh different God. ones um it was a total of twenty six hundred episodes, um, <laughs> around there. How do you even just... keep track of that? Do you write it down, <laughs> or do you have some yeah, sort of tool? I that... write no every single one. I, I track. Oh yep, because I'm crazy. Yeah, and I and I have links, so I have that by the way on my website on my on AudibleFeast.com. Oh, your listening you log, yeah, yeah, and my listening log. They everything has a link to the every single episode I've I listened to. I write them all down, um, nice. <laughs> just so you can see. Oh, if you, and then you can. Judge and you can be like, uh, <laughs> why is she listening to that? <laughs> or you could be like, Man, she really does need to listen to some more audio fiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to balance it out there, girl. Yeah. And it, I I wanna listen to more podcasts from people of color in 2019 as well. I've really tried to do that a lot this year. So I want to keep that up, especially after this month's theme. Maybe I should add to that list podcasts about or from people with disabilities so Mm, that's a good one just keeping it as diverse as possible yeah so yeah I'm really looking forward to this upcoming year I don't I kind of I'm not sure if I'll be able to listen to quite as many podcasts as I did this past Mm. year but I think my single day record was like 31 episodes or something in one day so I don't know I don't know. I don't really need to like break (laughs) that record this year. So Um, I'm okay with this year. This was, it was a good banner year. Um, But anyway, you know, uh, you guys can check out our uh, content on the podcast brunch club and. Audible Feast websites anytime. Get in touch with us there. Um, We really appreciate that you took the time to listen and join us this month. And we'll be coming to your feed soon with more interviews with the creators of the shows on our playlists. And have a great month. Happy listening. Hey everybody, this is Steve. I'm the leader of the Minneapolis chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club, and I'm here with some creds for everyone who makes this show possible. The music you heard today is downloaded from Free Music Archive, and this episode featured music from a prolific Creative Commons musician, Dr. Turtle, with their song His Last Share of the Stars. Podcast Brunch Club is organized by Adela, who is probably one of the coolest people I know. Adela's co-host on the podcast is Sarah Silva the leader of the Houston chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club and founder of Audible Feast. Audio editing is done by me, Stephen Zampanti. You can connect with me on my website, conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks, and happy listening.